Let me go back to the reason about turning the pages in the Bible. Now, I know I have a microwave in the house. What brand it is doesn't make any difference. I know where it is. I know how to bash the button to use it. But if I haven't ever seen it and used it, what good is it? So when I open my Bible, when I'm thumbing through it, I probably know which side to look on for the bonus when I get close to it. But how can we keep this commandment if we don't know it? But again, 1 Timothy 4.16 tells me what I have to do to adhere to it. Take heed. There must be a warning here. Take heed. Warning. Unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. Think about this verse as we go through and when we get toward the end. I hope it's important that we see that we adhere to this doctrine and by adhering to it, it will save us. But think about all the others that might. Now, how can I do that? Jude 1-3. Beloved, think about when you say beloved to somebody. You tell that to somebody that you're interested in. Somebody that you like. Or perhaps it's like brethren of my precious friends. Brethren, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, remember there's only one salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith one, which was once delivered. There'll be no more unto the saints. <clears throat> also look at Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Isn't it so sad to think about this being a true statement right here? Even yet today. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. So many times disappointed you see someone obey the gospel, they may be gone for a few percent. Or perhaps they obey, and that's all you ever see. So soon removed. So pay attention to verse 7, which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Listen to how serious this is. But though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preached that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If it's not God's, it is not right. And we said before, and I'll say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than ye have received, let him be accursed. Twice. God does not repeat himself for no purpose. Look at Matthew 7, 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, and the people were astonished at his Think of the sound message, and he spoke in such a manner they knew it was the truth. 
What is truth? Thy word is truth. And then think of Proverbs 4, verses 1 and 2. Hear, ye children. We are God's children. The instructions of a father and a son to no understanding. What good is a doctrine if we don't understand it? We get them off the practice and never been. For I give you good doctrine, for sake ye not, my love. Acts 2, 42 through 44. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine of fellowship. Well, where did that come from? It comes from God. In the breaking of bread, we meet on the first day of the week, we have Lord's Supper. In prayer, we pray. We can pray anytime, but prayer is one of the acts of worship. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now, and all that believed were together and had all things common. Not just to continue in, but continue steadfastly. Not getting loose. But how are we to be together? Ephesians 4, 3 through 6. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now we're supposed to get along with this as best we can that's within us. But we don't compromise the unity of God. There is one body. That's all. Well, somebody says, well, how about all these denominations? Well, there's one body that God will recognize on that earth. And one spirit. And if you're called in one hope, you know, that's God cannot lie. Our hope is steadfast and sure also. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. Aren't we so fortunate that we serve one God? Same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Verse 6 again. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Now remember too who this is being spoken to. But Christians have to practice God's Word. Now put Word in there because we read it in the Bible and together that will make what we live by. Look at Ezekiel 33, verse 7 through 9. It's also a warning. But thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watch in the house of Israel. I know we call the house of Israel. But every one of us should be a watchman of those next to us. Those are far off of us. The family, friends, even enemies. I have set thee a watchman over the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth. All scripture given by inspiration of God. That's where we get it. And warn them of me. Who do we warn? Everybody. 
we warn them through Matthew 28 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo I'm with you all the way until the end of the world we're supposed to teach as much as we can to those for salvation when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Verse 9. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. You realize by uh, this verse alone, I can show that salvation comes from God, not from us. We do not have the determining factor, but we do have God's word, and we're to spread God's word. And we need to do it carefully. First Corinthians 9, 22 and 23. To the weak became I weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Everyone we come in contact, we will not be able to convince. It's not us anyway, it's God's work. Because remember, only few. And in verse 23. And this I do, why? For the gospel says that I might be partaker of burials with you. That tells me that if I do not try to teach others, I'll be accountable for them. Because it said I do it for the gospel's sake. Remember Romans 1 16. For the gospel is power of God and salvation. And why is that? That I might be protected there. If I can convince you and help you, you know, that would strengthen, wouldn't it? Isn't it three chords stronger than a single? Pick one another up. Now think of the blessing of this. Yeah. Think of those, if you've ever been on a mercy call and you've got the privilege to see someone that you place an AED on, a straight line. And when that thing uh, shocks a person and they survive, or you give CPR, you could save a physical life. That'd be important. But look at how blessed this will be. Start James 5, 20. Let him know that he was converted a sinner from the error of his way, shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Think of that death, that second death, that burning lake of fire. If you've ever been burned, you want to make sure you're not in that place. But how do I go about doing this part of God's word? Matthew 28, 19. 
But go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Notice you have to teach them first. And then by what authority. Look at Titus. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly can carry nothing out. And having food or rain, let us be there with content. But now the next word's going to be plenty wrong in a minute. So when you see that, I don't know how I, well, I do know how I made that mistake. I can explain it later. But godliness with contentment is great gain. If we serve God, just think of all the worry that's gone. Because God will bless us. Our needs are simple. And it's supplied by God. James 1.17 For every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no burden, no change, no personality, neither shadow turning. It will not ruin. Now this again is supposed to be First Timothy when it comes up, 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. We're in a fight against the devil. He's seeking of us. He's seeking of trying to devour us daily. But when we fight that good fight of faith, Continuing our verse, it says, lay hold on eternal life. The last mile of the do thou also call, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses? You know, when we profess the profession as Christian, I thought about this when We've all made that confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We promise, we made a promise, and that become our profession. And we did that just before we baptized. So we could walk in newness of life. And again, these two should be second Timothy two, one through three. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. But you know, I like to make examples when I make a mistake. If we had our Bible turn those pages, when you got there, you know real quick that's wrong scripture. So what would you do if you knew about the Bible? You'd probably turn to second thing. But without it, if you've never seen that extra gratification right at that moment. So sometimes mistakes can help us. Sorry about that interruption. Our work tonight is worship to God, not explaining mistakes. Let me start over 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. 
Thou therefore, my son, we belong to somebody. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You notice that's where the grace is. Verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Think of all the faithful men that are preaching, teaching today, trying to persuade souls to What should they do? Who shall be able to teach others? Now we will have a little difficulty from time to time. Verse 3. Thou therefore endure the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How can we endure? James 1 25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law lives. What is that perfect law? I keep referring back on and on. It's a Bible. But now just look at it. Because it says also, and continue therein. I didn't look at it and forget it. I took it, I used it. And think of the part of the verse that tells us to eat it. How sweet that is. Whosoever looketh the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his feet. Again, Frank picked out good songs. I want to be a worker for the Lord. I wonder if people realize we'll also answer for every idle word. If we didn't do it, we just hold it up. We need to do that work. That worker. This man will be blessed in his deeds, but where does that leave others? I think of the hymn, Outside, Denied. I don't want to be in that group. I need to practice God's work. As Christians, we cannot forget to whom we belong, because whom we serve, who we serve is our master. God is our master. Got that straight down on this Titus 2, 6 through 10. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober minded, and in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Remember, like earlier, honestly content for the faith. In gravity, be grounded and rooted in this Bible, this Word of God, and sincerity. Don't try to Teach someone the truth of the Bible and then be out there doing things you shouldn't. Sound speech. If I speak correctly, you know, when we start using slang and cuss words, we have no longer communicating. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of that contrary part may be ashamed. You'll hear people tell them, as they say, off-color jokes, I'll be worse than that. I think it should be called what they are. But when someone walks up that know, that they know they're Christian, knows how they just speak. Having no evil thing to say of you, 
exhort servants to be obedient to their own master. Well, who is our master? Should not we obey? And to please them well in all things. Not answering again. I know this is talking about a time when they had servants for that long. But not forlorning, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, and all things. Put it on. But you know, I've read this word forlorning so many times, I never thought. I looked it up, this part of it, and it says hold back. So think about it. Not holding back, but by showing all good fidelity that we may adorn and put on. How could we be sure that we're not holding back any of the gospel? Acts 20, verse 27. Why have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God? We need to also realize Christians are only allowed to speak where the Bible speaks. But everything else we should be silent about. Now, how do I know that I can only speak what the Bible speaks? 1 Peter 4:11. If any man speak, let him speak with the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God gives him. Pretty plain. We can't make it up as we go that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's why we can't speak, add to, or take away. Because if we do that, then God is not glorified. I'm going to start over the whole verse. I hope y'all don't get tired of me reading it more than once. But if any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability that which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Now, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Now, when we practice these things, we glorify God. And in Acts 20, verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Now, remember, we need to teach with love, patience, and care. And not expect someone to know everything that we know because we all learn some learn from someone else and we started out here and we have to grow to the end. We grow till the very end. <clears throat> Again with Romans 6, 16, know you not that whom you yield yourself service to his servants are you to whom you obey, whether of sin or to death, and who are we talking about there? Satan, or obedience under righteousness to God. There's two extremes, no in between. Look at Deuteronomy 6 2. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. Now, He is our God because we're Christians. I know this is Old Testament. I'm using an example. To keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command thee, thou, my sons, and my sons' sons, 
all the days of our life, and all thy days may be prolonged. Now, our days would probably be longer if we lived according to God. If we didn't do those things that we should do, would it be health or otherwise? But I thought about those days prolonged when time ends, that day that never ends, to our long haul. But being servants, Deuteronomy 10, 13 and 14, to teach the commandments of the Lord and his statutes I command thee this day. Why? For thy good. His commandments are good. Verse 14, behold the heaven and the heaven of heaven is the Lord thy God. The earth also is all that there is. The earth also. All enough in the season. Matthew 22, 36 through 38. Master, they're asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the world? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord of all the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and all thy soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Think about it again. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now why should I do this? The Bible answered every question I could ever ask. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment. And notice too it says with every secret thing. We may hide a lot of stuff, but we cannot hide it one for ourselves, and we cannot hide it to God. Never. Now we may tell ourselves long enough that we forget it, but he still remembers. God does. Every secret thing. Whether it be good. You know, if you do something good for somebody, we shouldn't shout about it. Because that would be all we'll ever get. Is that human knows right. Or whether it be evil. Even if we try to hide it, God still knows it. I reckon if I was to pick out two verses in the Bible that at least I, I know those. One would be John 14, those first few verses, and then this one. Psalms 122.1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What blessings. What blessings. We should be ready, eager to go. And then, as I think about that one, I want to look at this one, Hebrews 10, 22 through 25. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. If we don't have a true heart to go to worship. But then it says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. 
Remember about this pure water for a moment. If you'll think about First Peter three twenty one, the light figure where to even baptism doth also now save us. You will be baptized in water. It may not. It may be out of a river or something. It may have seven. That's the requirement. Is to be baptized. But that water, because look at how it says that the next, not to put it wet or filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience for God, that obedience by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to finish with verse 23 and 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Remember how we started out? Our profession. For he is faithful that promised. If we expect God to be faithful to us for what he promised, we should be faithful to him. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. If we could help each one, we could strengthen each one to get together for salvation. And in verse 25, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more to see the day approaching. Be glad to go to the house of the Lord. Put God's word in your mind and then be glad to assemble on that day to serve God. So think about, remember, family, friends, those we know, or even those that see our coming and going and watch. We can do nothing that someone does not see. First Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. This could be talking about the people that you're with and your morals. But at the same time, I can make application about it. If you speak evil, you have good you have bad manners. And if you're around it, you'll pick it up. But why should we care about what others say? So what? I do what I want to, what I want to, how I want to. It's nobody's business. When we're Christian, that's not right. We owe God. Before we do anything, we need to think how it's going to affect God. Because look at 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness. Okay? And sin not. I've seen that so many times and I've never paid attention to another great point of this verse. For some have not the knowledge of God. People don't know. I speak this to your shame. Well, if we claim to be a Christian and live as a world, those that have no knowledge of God and they say we live in the world, they'll never come to the understanding that there's another way. I can't count the times where I've heard people say, well, I live as good as they do. Isn't that I speak to you, Shane? And then 1 Corinthians 4, 1 or 2. 
Let a man so count of us as the ministers of Christ. See, when we speak the oracles of God, who are we saying said that? As stewards of the mystery of God, remember it's required of stewards to be faithful. Because it tells us right there, moreover, it is required of stewards that man be found faithful. Well, how can we expect others to be faithful if Christians are not faithful? How can we be faithful if the brethren that come and say they're Christian, but everyone watches, do we not watch also? Or do we not see others? Let's think about Luke 16, 13. No man can serve two masters. You can mark that in stone or wherever you want. Try it, live it, it can't be done. Because it says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. Try to live it here a while, you try to live it there a while, and then you come to hate both of them, you have to figure out where you have to be because it says you cannot serve God in manner. That cannot be done. We cannot serve If we try to live a life in the world, think about this. And we try to live in both worlds, but we show the life of the world, we're really only living in Satan and bringing shame on God. We can speak on and on about what now, what's next, how should we act, what's our duties, what's our responsibilities, what's our responsibilities to fellow man. If we read those epistles and learn them, it will help us so much to find peace in the world. But all of us are not. The plan of salvation. We have to hear God's word. God puts this in order. Romans 10, 17. So that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not just hearing it, but understanding it. We have to believe God's word. God will tell us so many times in the Bible. Exactly. What's happening or that what will not happen? Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to praise him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, he is the Lord of them that diligently seek him. And in Luke 13, 35, I said something about God doesn't say things more than once. This is not important. This is the exact same word. I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all life on earth. Whenever we have sin that creeps in our life, and it comes, it, I think it does creep in. If we could see the ugliness of it, we'd be afraid of it, we'd at least push it away. But it sneaks in on us. Well, we allow it to sneak in. Because lust was to come full grown. Confess that Jesus is the Son of God. 
John 20, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ of God. And that might, and that believing you might have life through his life. And then be baptized for the remission of sin and that suit of the earth. Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the Christian stands and shall be saved and get the Holy Son. And then we are faithful to the end. So, part there about all three is talking about our own good thoughts of Jephthah's place. But Revelation 2 10, fear none of these which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison as we tried. We will have trials, temptations, Christians. If we have that sword, that word of God, and we use it to defend us, and you shall have tribulation ten days, be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. What else could we imagine of? Now, if we travel through this life, Satan's out seeking to he make a vow, and he'll be glad to have any of us slip. And he'll try to convince us in our own mind. It's okay, it was okay. But if we've committed sin against God, we need to make it right. The only way you can make it right is to confess that it's been known, ask for forgiveness of God, ask prayers to be said on your behalf, and then let God have you back to your standing as the word of a faithful Christian. But if any need to obey the gospel, if you're some fault, we would stand to come from this